following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Strap in, movie fans. We're about to take you 30 years into the past to explore the biggest blockbuster hits of the 1990s. I'm Pete. And I'm Michael. And And this this is is Box Box Office Office 30. 30. Welcome to the June 1991 episode of Box Office 30. I'm Pete, and as usual, I'm joined by Michael. How are you, sir? I'm well, thank you. Can we believe we've been doing this now for a year? We're it's crazy. I know. I mean, I, I should I should really have thought to have started this off on that, but as I was sitting gathering all these notes today, I didn't even bother making a note. Yes, it's our one year anniversary. I guess. I like guess June so. Anniversary here. <laughs> it is. It's pretty exciting. It's like, wow. We, we, we made it this far. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, like you were in it already with uh, Wizards and whatnot doing the, the podcast stuff. So like you had kind of gotten your your shoes on. But the fact that I've stayed consistent with this is like a miracle. <laughs> I, I, I do love letting people hear me talk. So, yes. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy if you think about it. We really kind of went into this, like, hey, what the heck? We're going to do a podcast about movies 30 years ago. And I started thinking about this a lot, and I really reflected on the idea that, like, there weren't a real lot of, like, home run hitters in the first year. There's a couple of really <laughs> good ones. I think this next year, this next, you know, fiscal box office 30 year if you will will be a little bit better because there's some stuff that comes up in 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 92 that are some some bangers as well which is pretty good yeah well the other thing i would say too is i think we've really been finding our stride um lately i've been really enjoying the last uh, couple of episodes and I, i think we've hit our groove here i think so um but but now that you mentioned it it did make me think like oh god i should really see how we're actually doing over all this time Mm-hmm. So uh, one thing to remember is even though we started off with a June episode, we actually didn't start publishing until July of 2020. Hmm. Um, and that was in part because we were kind of working things out with uh, Mickey and Jason over at the Retro Network and kind of getting ourselves ready to go and mm-hmm. getting everything going. So we, we you know, launched with um, our, our June episode in early July. And the funny thing is when I'm looking back at our stats, um, and again, like it's a little bit off because... Um, I think uh, the guys at the Retro Network actually transitioned um, to the the service that we do all our stuff with around that time. Um, so the the stats are a little skewed, but you know July has some of our like lowest kind of like listenership. But um, the first true number I have a really good stat for is August 2020. So we had 49 downloads on our um, transistor, um, you know, dashboard then. 
That's cool. Compared to May of uh, last month, uh, 107 downloads. So, really? Yes. Yeah, so really? we've um, we've really doubled our, our listenership, and really in particular um, in March, April, and May, we've really um, taken quite a big jump um, in our listeners. Um, we've stayed consistently over 100 listeners in each of those months. So I'm pretty That's happy pretty- about that. And you know, I was chatting with Jason. Um, because he has sort of separate stats for like the main feed channel. And we actually get another bunch of listeners or at least downloads over on, on the main feed too. So, um, you know, I love what we're doing here. I'm having a lot of fun with it, but it's all thanks to people who are tuning in and listening. Um, you know, we've had to kind of cruise control all this time on the assumption that anybody was listening, you know, <laughs> to, send it to our moms. Hey mom, listen to my new podcast, you know, sort of thing. But or wife doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, well, m- mine does, but that was like the sole person that I could actually guarantee you was listening. And at that, she's usually a few behind. Um, so I'm not always getting uh, up-to-date feedback. But um, I know we had, you know, some of the crew over at um, the Retro Network was, uh, we was, you know, rank among our listeners. But it's happy, happy stuff that we got some other people out there in the world that are apparently enjoying the show. So, again, thank you. Um, yes, thank you for listening. listening. That's awesome. I'm I'm thrilled to hear that. That's really, really cool. That's really exciting. I guess people really wanted to hear me complain about what about Bob? <laughs> yeah, that must be it. <laughs> but with a new year comes reinvention. And we decided that it would be fun to let our listeners pick what our movie would be each month based on like the top couple of movies that month. And we had a really cool list, and this was a really good month of movies. I actually was talking about it with my parents last night, and they're like, "My dad was pulling out quotes from like all the movies that I named." I'm like, "How do you, you can't remember half the things I tell you, but you can remember movie <laughs> quotes from movies 30 years ago?" And I was like, really shocked by that. Really have him on the podcast then? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Will not happen. No way. Pass. Special segment, just quizzing him on uh, quotes on movies. <laughs> yeah, great. That and Seinfeld <laughs> trivia. He and I would be uh, having a field day on that. So for sure. Um, so that being said, you know, have you seen anything new recently? You kind of jump from one thing to the other there. Well, the good news is that we will we will come back and talk about where our our poll landed um, on our votes uh, when we get into our um, box office thirty segment. But uh, yeah, new to me, um, I saw Army of the Dead, Zack the, Snyder's Zack Snyder um, zombie movie thing. with uh, Batista <laughs> with, with uh, Dave Batista in it and stuff like that. Um, was it Dave Batista? Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah. Um, I, it's funny. I was like mixing my, um, wrestler movie stars there for a second. I'm like, yeah, that is who that is. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, and when I went into that film, it was because it was pitched to me that it was like a fun zombie movie taking place in Las Vegas. Like the zombie apocalypse happens and this group of people needs to break into a vault in Vegas to get some money out. So o- Ocean's Eleven meets zombies. Exactly. And on that description alone, it sounds like something that would be a ton of fun. And Zack Snyder, love him or hate him, seemed like somebody who could put something kind of fun together with that premise. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this movie? 
I have not because I've heard really bad reviews. Okay, some... well, I'm just going to tack right onto the top of them. This movie was so disappointing for me. Uh, again, I we have friends that are true horror aficionados, and I mm-hmm. and you have discussed on this show before that neither one of us are like necessarily like the deepest hardcore horror fans. I mean, mm-hmm. there's certainly the exceptions to the rule, but, you know, I get a kick out of zombie movies. I think they're fun. Um, I'm definitely into the George Romero end of zombies where it's essentially like your person who's been reanimated back to life, but they're still kind of a person under all of it. Mm-hmm. I love that one in the mall, you know, <laughs> like yeah. the people just wandering around looking at the windows. That's so appealing to me. And when I heard this premise and I said, to and myself, even, you know, I'll be honest, the Zack Snyder remake of Dawn of the Dead in the mall. I really like that movie too, for the most part. Like they're like sniping like zombie Jay Leno from the roof. And that's <laughs> hilarious. But that's the thing. Like, you know, when it comes to like zombie stuff, like a movie like Zombieland, I love to death. You know what oh, I mean? So yeah. like, when you can take that shtick and kind of make a fun thing with it, it, it can be a super fun movie to watch. And I was hoping for something more towards that skew in this. And this just disappointed me so much because does it take itself too seriously? Well, it just forgets its setting. Like it, it, I mean, there's a lot of things that are problematic about it. I mean, as was evidenced with justice league, Zack Snyder needs to get a different editor. And that's a big thing coming from me because I'm somebody who likes long movies and things, but this just was so bloated, so full of stuff that really wasn't important to it especially when you start thinking about certain plot points, you're like, Oh, if they had just done this, the movie would have been over in 20 minutes. And the weird thing is it just forgets at a point that it's a movie about zombies in Las Vegas. So <laughs> it has fun stuff like this zombie queen. Who's like a showgirl or something. Mm-hmm. Um, one of Siegfried and Roy's tigers is zombified and is like roaming around the city. So that's like super fun. But that's it. They don't really make use of like the different hotels or of interest in that. I mean, like they got to break into a vault in like the Bellagio or something. I don't remember which. Um, it's always the Bellagio. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it, it, it really, really like there was a video I saw. I think it was the Red Letter Media video or some something like that that was comparing it to other movies. And Zack Snyder is known from stealing liberally from other things. And you could say it's homage or whatever. But some of this stuff is like shot for shot, like right out of Ocean's Eleven or other things like that. Like oh, really? word for word in some cases. Um, yeah, it just it just disappointed that he was trying to do this thing with like, I mean, I don't know. Spoiler alert. Skip a few minutes ahead if you don't want to get spoiled, if you haven't listened to it already. But he's trying to do this weird thing where there's like these two different types of zombies. There's like these alpha zombies who are like quasi intelligent. And then you're just one of the mill, like meat eating zombies and the whole like story with the zombies. It turns out like, like there's this whole convoluted plot that this guy wants to hire Dave Bautista and his crew to break into this vault to get $200 million. But that's all a sham. He doesn't care about the money. He just wants the head of one of these like alpha zombies. And so like, there's like these two other people that go off and get this, like that uh, showgirl queen zombies head which pisses off the initial like alpha zombie. Who's the one that started the whole thing. He like broke out of this containment and like started the whole thing. And 
it turns out that like the point of it is that like the zombies were like breeding and like creating these like I don't know like super zombies that have like these like weird like digital glowing eyes for no reason and like you hear how convoluted this is getting. It doesn't make sense. It's a movie about zombies in Vegas. Just play up all the doofy, stupid tropes about Vegas and like right. everything that you could do with that. You know, I mean, and they like do little things about that. You know, like they have this one scene on like a scene casino show floor where there's like a shootout and like there's like money flying everywhere. So, I mean, like, there's stuff like that that could be, you know, seen as fun and funny, but it's almost too over the top. Um, now, like there- it, it sounds like he kind of pulls ideas from Resident Evil, Ocean's Eleven, and every other cheesy, you know, leaving Las Vegas type of a, you know, movie trope. It seems like he's just making an amalgam of a bunch of movies and, and throwing it all together and seeing what sticks. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there's other stuff that people have complained about. You know, he on the technical side shot this movie with a really old, I think, Canon lens. Um, and it's super, super shallow depth of field throughout the whole movie, oh. which I think other people than me had a, a worse time with. It didn't seem to phase me quite as much. I was like, all right, he's just doing his artsy fartsy thing here. But that said, there's definitely areas of the film where it just doesn't work like at all. Um, but like they, you have, you have like zombies. It should be like big, big. Exactly. Small- yeah. And there's these sort of sweeping portions of the movie where it just, it just doesn't make sense to have it quite so shallow. I mean, do that if you're doing your like up close and like worry that a zombie's about to jump out at you sort of thing. But I don't know. It just, it just seems silly on the movie on the whole. If I have to give the movie one positive, like redeeming thing. And even this is like a weird thing. There was a comedian that was cast in the film as like a helicopter pilot. Their, their driver as it were. Um, because you, you, you can't fly into Vegas, but there's a helicopter on the roof of one of the buildings. So you can fly out, whatever. It doesn't really make any sense. And by the way, there's also this like ticking clock that they're going to drop a nuclear bomb on Vegas to like kill the infestation. Now, is it only Vegas that has the zombies? It's only Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know I've told you this a little askew. So it starts off that there's this like military convoy coming they won't even just come out and say it, which is stupid, but like from area 51 and they have this like container and nobody knows what's in it. And they get into an accident with this couple that just got married in Vegas and she's doing something to hit the husband in the front seat of the car. And this is a family podcast, so I'm not going to go too far past that, but they get into an accident and the crate pops open in this like alpha zombie comes out, kills the military convoy. And what do you know is over the hill? Las Vegas. So they have this like big opening montage where like it's like just the zombie hordes are taking over. And that's actually another one of the highlights of the film. I thought it was a fun little montage. Here's another, here's another little problem with that. Vegas isn't an island. So you would have to assume some <laughs> zombies could leave Vegas and go yeah, somewhere else. There's this whole other sort of th- yes. I mean, if you suspend your disbelief roughly enough, they sort of make it out that they end up building this giant container wall around Vegas so they can't get out. Um, But you would think that some stragglers could have run off. You know, it is in the middle of a desert. So I guess their assumption is that, you know, they wouldn't go terribly far away. I don't know. That's thinking way too deep for this movie. But (laughs) yeah. But anyway, getting back to what I was saying on the plus end, they had some comedian that was cast in the role of this helicopter pilot that 
in a Louis C.K. sort of vein, had something cringy go on with him. So they decided they needed to recast him, even though the movie was already shot. Wait, so they shot part of the movie and then they they just shot didn't... the whole movie and then, and then this this all came out. So they decided we need to get rid of this guy. So what they did was hired Tig Notaro and okay. filmed her on a green screen and like you know a couple you know shots otherwise where she's just sort of by herself and replaced this other guy digitally throughout the entire movie. Really, and this is by and far the best part of the movie for me. Like. She is so great, so refreshing. Uh, you know, I mean, like, she, I, I've already been a fan of hers um, for a while, but, like, it was just, like, cast her in everything. She was so funny and such, like, a great, like, outlet to this particular character. So that was at least a, a nice thing. And actually, I got to give them credit. They did a pretty good job under the circumstances of blending her to where this other person used to be. Because I think it's sometimes it's, like, full scene replacement, but other times it's like head replacement and things like that. So they did a pretty darn good job given um, the circumstances. So she never actually acted with any of the other She never did. And like, um, there was an article I saw that like Dave Bautista is like sad that he's still never met her (laughs) because like, you know, like is essentially your co-star and he still has not met her, even though they like, like literally shared scenes together, but via the screen replacement. So that's so weird. So, so I actually watched two movies recently. Um, that I can share with you. One, I watched uh, an animated movie, Superman, Man of Tomorrow. Oh, that oh, was great. Oh, it's great. It is so good. The I really, really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. The voice acting is terrific. Um, it's really, really enjoyable. I thought Zachary Quinto was a great Lex Luthor. Um, I think her name was like Alexandra... Uh, Dadaro, uh Dadario, she was in um the Baywatch movie. She was a great Lois Lane. And um even the, the kid that voices uh da- uh Superman is Darren Chris. He was really, really good. My only problem with the movie was that like they make the um the parasite character a tra- tragic character. Uh, a, a tragic character. But as time goes on, they just make him into this monster. Yeah. And like, he's not really that kind of a monster. I didn't like that part of it. But overall, the story was really good. The movie was really good. It was very enjoyable. It was nice to see Mon Pa Kent in it and, and Martian Manhunter. It was really. Lobo was in it too, right? Lobo is in it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he was fun. He was okay. I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily love Lobo as a character, but he was pretty cool. I'm trying and to think, was he Brad Garrett or was somebody else? Uh, he was a guy, I don't remember. Ryan Hurst voiced yeah. it. I um, love the Brad Garrett uh, Lobo from the Superman animated yes. series. He's so great. The Man. man. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched another movie actually for, uh, for Wizards. We watched Death of the Incredible Hulk. Now I've heard of that, but I know like nothing about it. So it's a... Uh, it's a 90s made-for-TV movie starring Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. It takes place in... It was shot or made in, in 1991. Or 1990, I'm sorry, 1990. So is it like an extension of the show then? Yes. So the show took place in like in the, in the 70s and, and like early, early, early 80s. Then it was a long hiatus and there was three years back-to-back. There was Return of the Incredible Hulk, Trial of the Incredible Hulk, and Death of the Incredible Hulk. 
and Planet of the Hulk and underneath the Planet of the Hulk. And yes. <laughs> oh, wait, that's a whole other thing. Yes, this is a whole other thing. Damn you, that. dirty Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, we watched Death of the Incredible Hulk. We do an entire episode about it with Stephen, Adam, and myself. It'll be on later this month. It is definitely an interesting story. There is some fun stuff about it. Stephen finds some really cool facts about the movie, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Um, I always liked the TV show, but I never saw any of those uh, apparently attached movies. I don't think I 100% realized those were attached to it. I like knew of them, mm-hmm. vaguely, but I and I've seen like I think like the posters or VHS covers, but I've never um, had a chance to see any of them. So that's interesting. Yeah, well, if you want to see it, I can get it for you and show you, so you can you'll enjoy it. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we are going to dive back in time thirty years to June nineteen ninety one in our box office thirty. Okay, so June 1991, we were talking last month that May was finally a nice month. June's another really great month. There's a bunch of good titles going on here. Um, Our top film for June is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which we've mentioned um, previously. It opens to the tune of $25.6 million on its first weekend and ends up making $75 million in June. Goes on to gross $165.5 domestically with a $48 million budget and June 14th Wow. Yeah, so uh, this one is doing pretty well. This is one of the bigger successes for the year based on the ones we've seen. You know what I mean? I feel like um, June has had a fairly quiet um, start to the box office year. I would also say that um, this may be one of Kevin Cosner's biggest grossing movies. Um, That's possible. I mean, I know he's, you know, we talked about Dances with Wolves is probably one of his most runaway big numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what other movies that he's done would have been. Feel the Dreams might have been huge. Certainly Feel the Dreams, yeah. Something like that would probably um, have a bigger set of numbers on it. Um, but yeah, you're probably right with that one. I mean, it's it's definitely one of the... Oh, The Bodyguard. The Bodyguard probably is his biggest one. When we get to that. That's true, too, yeah. I mean, I tend to associate him more with drama films. Mm-hmm. So it is fun um, that he's in like a... I mean, not that he hasn't done any kind of action movies, but you know, I think this is like a really fun... Um, more action-oriented um, mm-hmm. film for him. Um, I remember it being very big at the time. Oh, it was huge. And then that, that Brian Adams song was yes. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. It's so funny, too, because I feel like um, there's so, like Andrew's correcting me on that because I thought for some reason it was um, like a Seal song. Um, but she was totally right that it was, <laughs> it was that. And I was like, I definitely like, I don't know that that, hundred percent fits the feel of the movie and yet there was a bunch of i feel like films around this period of time that would get some like big name song written for or attached to the movie like this that didn't always 100 percent jive with it just, just like you know kiss from a rose really jives with batman forever exactly, yeah. <laughs> come on that's the i think that's what i actually had in the back of my head for this and then i was like no that is batman <laughs> um but we are not going to talk 
terribly much, unfortunately, about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves um, this month because our second place film is City Slickers. And as Michael mentioned before, we put out a poll and uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. City Slickers pulled out our June fan selection with 72.7% of the 11 votes cast. So thank you to everyone who voted, all 11 of you, even if 10 of them are Michael. <laughs> there was not 10 of them that were me. I may have told people to go vote, but I didn't tell them what to vote for. I knew that was going to be the case, though. I, I texted him after I posted the thing, and I'm like, all right, it's live. Retweet it, but don't vote and don't go scrounging up votes. And I knew that you were going to do both of those things. (laughs) I did cast one vote. I did. I will not lie. I did cast one vote. And I did text the link to my wife and said, please vote. And then and she just picked one she wanted. And I didn't tell her what to vote for. So there you go. (laughs) Well, it it does seem like at least a few of our listeners and also um, thank you to the Retro Network for retweeting this, too. But. Um, we got a, a couple people voted, so I'm happy that that happened because I, you know, one of the other polls that we did, I think it had like the one, res- I think the poll where we asked, do you want to do this had like one response or no, what was it? It was, it was something last month. I don't remember. It was, I think it was something to do with what about Bob? I don't know, but <laughs> we didn't get much of a response on that one. So I'm really happy that we got a little bit more of a response on this one. So um, as Michael said, we brought it up before. Um, I'm really um, happy to keep this going. I think what we'll keep trying to do is keep putting these polls out there and ask about some of our other months. Um, I think there's some months where there's some movies that we're probably really going to want to talk about. So we might skip it in those months or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like, you know, uh, Michael and I are probably going to end up uh, I'm moving in July. And things are going to get really sketchy trying to do some podcasts recording around then. So we're probably going to end up recording some of our July stuff a little bit early. So some of you out there in listener land might actually see the July poll pop up um, earlier than it probably will in future months. But, you know, I mean, we're doing like Terminator 2. I am remiss to think that anybody's really going to, you know, (laughs) throw Terminator 2 under the bus. Dude, um, if the Naked Gun two and a half or one hundred and one <laughs> Dalmatians beats Terminator, I will. Yeah, oh, I mean, the point break for that matter. I the will way die. I'm thinking about doing this is just again, like I, I don't know. I mean, get back to us and let us know what you think. I'm trying to keep this poll like to like just a couple of options because I don't think we have the numbers to really spread it to like fourth and fifth and sixth options. So you know, mm-hmm. I mean. There's some stuff coming up in July, but it's like, you know, the top three is going to be Terminator 2, Naked Gun 2 and a half, and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves again. I, I don't know. Is anybody going to pick Naked Gun or Robin Hood over Terminator 2? I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I mean, <laughs> I know which my vote would be. I'm definitely on the boat for doing Terminator 2. I feel like it'd be doing an injustice, especially that's probably going to be one of the biggest movies of the year to not, yeah. you know, dive more into that one. But I don't know. I'll throw the poll up there and let uh, people take a, a stab at it. Hopefully they're not coerced. <laughs> Come on. Leslie Leslie Nielsen, the naked gun? Come on. <laughs> I know, but it's two and a half. I mean, like, there's better ones in that series. <laughs> uh, that's true. Yes, I agree. But, but it is good. I mean, that's that's definitely worth we'll we'll chat about that for sure. So um the but third anyway, movie on the to, list well, before, for June. Before we go down the list, let me just fill in our numbers. So our City Slickers does hit the second place on our list here with a respectable 58 million. 
in June, goes on to gross $124 million on the year on a $27 million budget and a June 7th release. That is bizarro world. Okay, this is really <laughs> strange. So the June release... There's so there's so many weird variables about this movie. Yes, that's, that's your happy birthday release. Look at that. <laughs> it is. And Billy Crystal says that he's 39 years old in the movie. It's weird. <laughs> it's a weird universe. I tell you, it's very bizarre. It is a little bit weird. Yeah, I'm going to take this moment to just throw out like the um for anybody now listening, belated happy birthday to Michael. Thank you, sir. Um, Thank you. So uh, he gets his his June movie release here. That's that's a fun thing. Yeah. <laughs> am I reviewing this movie? Is am I the one taking the notes for this month? Um, I've lost track. I have to go back and double check. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anymore. Um, <laughs> give me a second. I'll look. I, I think so, but I think I, can, so. I, th- I, can I think for sure in a second I, here. I think you did Bob last month, so I think I got this month. Uh, yes, you were slated to do Prince of Thieves, so yes, this is this is you. <laughs> okay, cool, fine. I could do City Slickers. That's fine. <laughs> I'd be happy with that. Now, the number three movie of this month is also an excellent film. It's a, I believe it's a Ron Howard film, uh, starring Kurt Russell for about four seconds, and then one of the Baldwins becomes the real main star's Backdraft, which came out actually the end of May, but really did well in the month of June. Yeah, and we chatted about um, Backdraft a little bit um, last month in so much as that we were wondering if we should have talked about that instead of What's About Bob. Um, But uh, the interesting thing to point out here is with that 37.5 million that it pulled, uh, last month it did about 20. And again, it, it had like it only came out like in the very last week of the month. So it, it you know, it did have like a pretty big um, opening week there, essentially. Um, but, you know, slowed down a little bit in June, but stayed enough to keep its third place spot rather than mm. treading on down the list. Shockingly, what about Bob is still in fourth place? I can't, <laughs> cannot believe it, but. Yeah, just twenty five million for what about Bob? Um, it's it's hanging in there though. It's not completely um, dropping off, um, and it just came just short of matching its entire May run with twenty seven million, with the June run of twenty five million. So, double this now, money over the two months there. <laughs> now the fifth movie on this list, I've never heard of in my life. Soap dish. What is this? What is this movie? Yeah, I think we kind of briefly chatted about this because this was a May 31st release last month. Um, I also really don't have anything much to add to this, to be honest with you. Listen to this cast, though. Terry Hatcher, Robert Downey Jr., Sally Field, Elizabeth Shue, Whoopi Goldberg, Kevin Kline, Carrie Fisher. What? This is a movie that has all these actors in it, and I've never heard of it. It's like Gary Marshall's in it. Holy cow. I'm just scrolling through the list. This is weird. This is a weird film. I don't want to watch it, though. I have no interest in it. (laughs) Well, taking a look at some of our our June releases, in the number six spot, we have Spike Lee's Jungle Fever, Mm -hmm. um, which is a movie I haven't seen, but um, because I know you like your, your fun random people facts. This was Halle Berry's first ever movie. Yes, I knew that. Yes, I knew that. This nice. I actually yeah, <laughs> I, I actually like this movie a lot. This is a very good movie. 
Um, it's it's a very honest. It's probably very relevant to this day if you think about it. And it's an interesting movie to watch. It's a good film. Like, yeah, I don't know that I've seen this one, but I did like peruse this Wikipedia page just to try and you know have a little something to say about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd be curious. I mean, you know, Spike Lee has always done um, some really good and important movies, but I, I'd be curious, as you say, to sort of see this movie through the like you know twenty twenty one now prism um, mm-hmm. and a lot of what's happened over the past few years and sort of like catch it because you know the one thing I think I would worry about with the basic premise of this is if it would come off um, hokey or something like that back in the nineties, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Especially even like with like the title of this, you know And I? I mean, it's just like, it's such like a, um, it's a dated title. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, like I'm sure he's going for a little bit of the shock factor with that because it's never been a polite term by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I remember seeing this one, but it, it's it's something that does seem like a really interesting topic that might be worth going back and checking out. Yeah. Um, moving down a little bit here, I'm not going to talk too long on it, but it's really worth pointing out. Number eight, yours and my favorite, The Rocketeer. The Rocketeer, <laughs> which if you want to hear The Rocketeer, go back a couple of weeks and you can check out our bonus episode of The Rocketeer that came out, what, we yes. dropped it in, a- in April or March? Something like that, yeah. We no. teamed up with Steven for your um, 90s super cinema and um, we did an episode of The Rocketeer that we also um, posted over here. Um, if you haven't heard it, go back and check it out. We had a ton of fun recording that Michael and I are both huge fans of that movie. It's a movie that him and I bonded, um, early over because I felt like that's one of those movies where you're like, Oh, you liked that because not a lot of people liked that. Well, I like that, you know, sort of thing. So that was definitely a good early friendship movie for us. So, um, I'm sad that, um, it wasn't the number one movie this month, so we could have done a really good dive on it but uh definitely worth going back and checking out that um bonus episode for that <laughs> yeah number nine is another movie that i really really love don't tell mom the babysitter's dead and this is a movie that also came out on june 7th funny enough and it is a movie that i still quote to this day <laughs> one particular part uh there's a scene in the movie where christina applegate's brother is asked to do the dishes and him and his like stoner buddies go on the roof of their house and start throwing the plates in the air and shooting them with a 12 gauge shotgun, (laughs) blowing them up. And he goes, dishes are done, man. And I still like, if my wife says to me, Hey, can you do the dishes? I'll send her a meme of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. Yeah. I mean, this movie um, is, this is getting into a point in my life now in 1991 where I'm, let's see, you will have just turned nine. I'll be turning nine later that year. Um, And I'm starting to become a little bit more conscious of the movies that I think people are talking about that I might not necessarily myself be seeing at that point. Mm -hmm. And this is one that I definitely remember a lot of people really talking about at the time. Um, You know, just enjoyable black comedy of the time. Um, A lot of like, like our teenage babysitters would talk about this. Like, yeah, I mean, this is one that I think probably another couple of years went down the road before I ended up seeing it and it was good. Yeah. It was enjoyable, but like, I just remember people talking about it and chatting about it at the time. Um, the other one that I always associate this one in my head with 
um, and for maybe likewise sort of thought in at least in title is um, I married an axe murderer. So I married it. Yes. I yeah. Do. Like that's another one where like, I, like, I don't know why I combined the two in my head, but like, I, I definitely feel like um, they had like a similar feeling to me for some reason. I, I think I saw that in the theaters actually funny. Enough. I probably did too. I think that one comes out a little bit closer to when we were in middle school, maybe. Yeah. I think it's probably like 92, 93, something like that. Probably. I would be you were sure. in middle school in 92, 93. I yes, know. I was. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I guess actually you would be. I was about to question that, but I'm like, no, maybe that is the age you'd be around then. Never mind me. <laughs> now, I have to jump down a little bit because we've, we've already talked about the Naked Gun two and a half. But in the number 12 spot, still on this list, Home Alone, and it <laughs> still in June Pulled in almost twelve million dollars in June. That's crazy. How is this November movie still on the list? Unbelievable. Still doing it. <laughs> Unreal. Yes, especially too because we're gonna have another movie with um, Macaulay Culkin. No, uh, Stern. Oh, Daniel Stern. City Daniel Slickers. Stern in City Slickers here to talk about. So, yes. Oh, it's funny you say that. So last night I'm talking about City Slickers in front of my wife and I say Daniel Stern is the best friend. And she goes, who? And I had to go, Marv. And she goes, you should have just led with Marv. I'm like, he's not the same character, though. That's, that's fair, though. That's fair. <laughs> I could have been like, try to name Daniel Stern's character in like any other movie, be it like Rookie of the Year or... Camp Nowhere or whatever. Or like, like, I'm you actually know, amazed I can even name a few movies he's in. <laughs> you know, he he's uh, you know Fred Savage's adult voiceover version in all of the Wonder Years yeah. series. You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. Yes. So jumping back, just because uh, we should just point it out, um, number eleven. Uh, well, actually, number ten is a Julia Roberts movie named Dying Young. I don't really remember this movie though. Um, and it doesn't do huge box office, but number 11 is the naked gun two and a half, the smell of fear. Um, it, it's worth just pointing this out just because I love all the naked gun movies. Um, <laughs> I love that it goes from here to 33 and a third and things like yes. that. You know, like I just love that they start playing with the, um, the naming trope of all these, but, um, Leslie Nielsen is just a genius. These movies were so great. Such a product of the nineties. I miss that they don't do movies like this anymore. anymore. Um, you know, like even stuff in the vein of like the scary movies, I feel like, you know, that came birthed out of this sort of type of just weirdo comedy movie, um, Kentucky fried movie, things like that. Like mm -hmm. you just don't see it being done so much anymore. And that's a real shame because they're so much fun. These just like completely zany out there movies. So I wish somebody would, would bring those back. Like um, another good one of those that I really like is like National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, hopefully in a few months, I mean, I don't know if our um, new voting system will change it, but we do have Hot Shots coming along, um, which is another one of these movies that I love to death. So please yeah. don't vote that one out. <laughs> yeah. And so we jump way down the list now um, from number 11 all the way down to number 25 is the next June release for Kickboxer 2, The Road Back. The Kickening. <laughs> yes, the, the Kickening, yes. <laughs> now I'm trying to remember um, with the initial Kickboxer, is that a Van Damme movie? 
know. Uh, uh, I, I, is it a is it a Van Damme movie? I don't think so. I think the guy who plays Kickboxer is like in all the Kickboxer movies. Is it the same guy in all of them? I think so because he's thinking. You're thinking of um, that movie where he puts the glass on his hands in uh, Van Damme. No, uh, I had it right. Van Damme is the original Kickboxer. Is he really? Um, yes. Yeah. So the original. What year is this? Um, bu- 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 oh yeah, because doesn't his like best friend get his like spine broken over that, and then he goes and fights the guy or something? Yes. Okay. This is his that brother, movie. I think. Or something yes, his like brother that. does. Yeah. Okay. This is where they they go to this thing. And they like put these ropes around their hands in the original kickboxer. They put glass in their hands and hot shots part do spoofs that. And they yes. put like jelly beans or something like that on his face or something like that. Yes. Fantastic. Okay. Kickboxer one is Van Damme. Yes. Okay. Kickboxer two is Sasha Mitchell, which I'm sorry, Sasha Mitchell. I just don't know who you are. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that the guy f- Sasha Mitchell? Who is that? Uh, I want to look now. I thought that's the guy from from Step by Step. It is, yes. Uh, Cody Lambert. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> he also comes back for Kickboxer Four. It looks like. <laughs> How about that? So the I wonder un- who's in Kickboxer Three now. Oh no! Do we have to look? We're now? gonna go down the Kickboxer hole, friend. Let's see, Kickboxer Three, three. which comes three. out in 1992. Kickboxer the Art three, of the War. Art of War. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, this one's starring Sasha Mitchell too. I don't know. I just for some reason it wasn't showing up initially in his uh, in his uh, thing there. It wasn't as popular as four. <laughs> yeah, and actually, it turns out it looks like there's also a Kickboxer five. Well, there's Kickboxer four, the aggressor, and then the Redemption Kickboxer five. <laughs> it's like Jaws, the Revenge, <laughs> which uh, that one has a guy named Mark Dacascos. I think is the way you'd say his name. So by that point, even poor uh, Cody is not sticking around anymore. <laughs> yeah. So wait, you're telling me that Cody, dumb, lovable old Cody, from step by step, is in like a serious like Kickboxer action movie. movie or or two or yeah. three? Yes. Wow. How about that? And I, I knew that. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that weird that I knew that fact? Isn't that weird? Well, no, because I'm starting to find recently that you seem to know these bizarre um, connections to to some of these uh, more obscure things. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> I love that. Wow. All so. right. So uh, we're, we're starting to get down towards the very bottom of our list here, which means we're getting into the um, crud section. Now, so, one thing no- I do need to point out before we go way, way to the bottom is that for some reason we use Box Office Mojo. Um, to generate quite a lot of our our stats uh, on here, and I can't always tell if Box Office Mojo gets things one hundred percent right. But one thing that's that's weird, which I don't know if you've noticed, looking down the big list, is that there's two July movies in the June list. Now, yeah, I, I, I saw that too. I started questioning this. The first one is number fourteen on the list, which is Terminator Two, and the very last on the list, number thirty four, a Miramax movie, <laughs> The Miracle. Um, which are both July 3rd releases. Now, this was confusing to me, and I was like, you know, Terminator 2 is something where maybe it had some, like, soft opening, you know, limited release type of thing. I can't seem to find any information that supports that, though. Um, It really seems like July 3rd is the day. You know, like, July 3rd's Judgment Day, and that's that. So I'm thinking this is a box office mojo error. So... 
I'm going to pretend that number 34 doesn't exist on this list, and we'll say that number 33, the reflecting skin, also a Miramax movie, <laughs> is the very bottom of the bottom of the list here for this month. So there's one funny one here on number 30, Europa Europa. This sounds like a movie that would be like a spoofed titled movie on Seinfeld <laughs> that they would go see. You want us to go see Europa Europa? <laughs> I don't know. It just makes me laugh. But it's another one of these ones that's like a super serious subject. Yes. Because it's a Nazi boy in Nazi or a Nazi boy, a boy (laughs) in Nazi Germany trying to conceal that he is Jewish joins the Hitler youth. So, uh, man, that's rough. (laughs) That's a rough movie is right. Um, And then just rounding things out with our, our final two, we have yet another birthday release for you. Dark Obsession. Oh, boy. <laughs> which is a group of young British guardsmen have to cover up a hit and run incident that occurred at the end of the night on a drunken revelry. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, so it's instead of a bunch of drunken frat boys cover up a hit and run, a bunch of British guardsmen? What is a guardsman? I don't know. It must be a I British mean, I'm state. assuming it's like some a version British. of like the Royal Guard sort of mm-hmm. crew, I guess. Um, my favorite thing is that when I tried to search for this movie, it just gives you a Calvin Klein <laughs> cologne. And? Yeah, like a $22 uh, Calvin Klein cologne you can get it uh, at Walmart. Um, so you had to do a little bit digger um, deeping for this one. Uh, digger, digger deeping? deeping. Wow. Deep, digger, de- I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Deeper digging. <laughs> you had to do a deep dive. Yes, but this uh, this movie stars Gabriel Byrne. Um, so here's the problem with this movie. On IMDb, it came out in 1989 and is NC-17. Interesting. Yep. Um, I It doesn't have a note here necessarily that it's a re-release. Usually when this happens, and, and my guess is going to come from the fact that it's got the word British in it, it probably had an 89... UK release and a 1991 US release. Very possible, yeah. That seems to have been sort of the case when we've seen some of these other UK movies jump over here. Usually comes like a year or two um, later. And Gabriel Byrne's title character, his name is Lord Hugo Bruckton. Nice. (laughs) That's a a name, all right. That is a name. I like that one. (laughs) So So our, our then bottom of the barrel, number 33 here on our list is The Reflecting Skin. So this is In the 1950s, a young boy living with his troublesome family in rural USA fantasizes that a neighboring widow is actually a vampire responsible for a number of disappearances in the area. This one at least sounds a little bit more interesting. Yeah. (laughs) I like a good vampire movie. Yeah. Or at least like, I mean, I'm assuming from the way that they're describing that, that it's not going to turn out necessarily that it is 100% a, a vampire or whatever, but this one's got uh, Viggo Mortensen in it, Ooh. which is uh, Viggo. <laughs> um, always fun to have a, a Viggo um, uh, movie production here. Here's here's um, the funny thing. The genres for this movie, drama, horror, thriller. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is another one where I'm really curious if this starts off its life as a um, foreign film. Or a festival film. Uh, yeah, because, you know, like, you know, looking this up, I see that it does win a few awards and things like that, um, but not necessarily um, U.S. 
um, <laughs> awards. And the other thing is I noticed is that they, it comes with a um, cover that looks um, to be French, mm-hmm. um, which is L'Enfant Miroir, I guess. I don't speak French. I don't claim to. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm curious if this is yet another one that starts off its life um, as a foreign film and, and Miramax kind of brings it on over. Mm-hmm. Very possible. Because it's saying it was in on IMDb, it was released in 1990. So I wonder if it was yeah. Euro- a European yeah, release. Again, and then- probably another another one, which is interesting because maybe that uh, that's one of these films before Vigo becomes a uh, Vigo becomes a, uh, a movie star, well known actor over in the U.S. Mm-hmm. All right, well uh, that kills off our our box office thirty list. So let's um, take a look back, see what we can do to recall City Slickers. All right. City Slickers is directed by Ron Underwood, who in more recent times is mainly a television director, but who had a theatrical run in the 90s, beginning with a favorite of mine, 1990s Tremors. Mm. Um, He also directed Heart and Souls, Speechless, Mighty Joe Young, and The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Um, It's written by writing duo Lowell Gantz and Babalu Mandel, which, man, there's no much more fun name to say than Babalu. Who brought us uh, other films such as Splash, Parenthood, A League of Their Own, Mr. Saturday Night, and Multiplicity, among many others. So um, uh, I don't know if I can speak to Ron Underwood as being like the world's greatest director, but these two certainly have written some really, really good, um, fun, especially comedy um, movies over time. Yes, I agree. So I'm, I'm going to give them credit for this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Film stars Billy Crystal, Jack Palance, who goes on to win the 1992 Oscar for Best Actor in a Supporting Role for this In film. this movie? In this film, yep. And no Daniel way. Stern. Wow. Yeah, that's the, um, there's a few nominations, including um, Billy Crystal, but this is the only um, of note win, um, really, for, for this you, film. You, you left out one of the main characters in the movie. Well, I, I put the, the headliners. You can feel free to... Fill in any of the other um, but, <laughs> supporting. But, um, what's his name? Um, uh, where the hell's his name? The, the best friend. Uh, Bruno Kirby. Come on. Bruno Kirby's awesome. Okay. Well, again, I went with the headliners. <laughs> we'll, we'll hit up some more of the other folks when we get into our, our full review, okay. of course. Well, fine. But Bruno Kirby's awesome in this movie. And he... Just saying. Just putting that out there. But, All yeah, right. Anyway. So... Uh, Tell me, because you usually do better than, than I do at this, and I think this is going to be another one. This is the case. I Actually, okay. let me jump in before you do, because I think you're going to do a better job. Here's what I remember of City Slickers. I remember that it's some New York guys wearing some Mets wear go to, like, a ranch. I remember Norman the Cow, and the reason I remember the name of Norman the Cow is that my wife, Angie, who's been on the podcast in the past, talks about this movie a lot, but really only ever brings up Norman the Cow. Um, <laughs> I'm not convinced she remembers anything else about this movie but Norman the Cow, but she remembers Norman the Cow, so therefore I know about Norman the Cow. That's kind of the extent of what I recollect. I also recollect the part where he's um, 39 and in some scenario, because you bring it up all the time, as has been evidenced on these past few episodes. And with that, off to you. <laughs> okay, so... uh 
as I've mentioned, so Billy Crystal is turning 39 years old and he basically wants to do something for his birthday and his best friend, uh, Bruno Kirby, he proposes, hey, um, why don't we go ranching like real like real cowboys go out west, drive a herd, do the whole thing, live the dream. It's a weekend away. It'll be a lot of fun. It's, you know, they, they basically paint it as if it's going to be a walk in the park, super easy, just a couple guys having fun, and, and the real ranchers do the work, and we just kind of go as a, as a guy's weekend. And Daniel Stern's character, he is a grocery store manager at uh, his wife's father's grocery store and he finds out that his wife's having an affair with like a i think a checkout boy or something like that and so he has like kind of a nervous breakdown and therefore they the three guys decide hey we're gonna go do this they go to the ranch they go do the whole thing and you know they're learning how to be cowboys and such and they meet uh jack palance's character Cur- curly who is like this Clint Eastwood or or even like a John Wayne style uh, cowboy, real rough and tumble, gritty kind of guy. And the introduction to to Curly is he throws like a Bowie knife in between uh, Billy Crystal's legs <laughs> and almost like gets him right in the crotch. Um, there's a couple other really cool supporting actors like Helen Slater is in it. Um, uh, Bob the Joker's goon has a part in it as well. Nice. <laughs> he, he plays like a drunk uh, stagecoach guy of some sort. I don't know. Um, so anyway, from what I recall, they, they drive the herd and they get caught in kind of a storm and somebody gets hurt, I think, or somebody gets sick. So half the, 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 you know, people going on this vacation thing leave and go back to the main like stagecoach area, whatever. It's a little confusing, a little foggy, but Curly and M- Mitch, who's Billy Crystal's character and Daniel Stern's character and Bruno Kirby say, Hey, you know what? We're, we're here. We're going to drive this cattle. We got to bring it to wherever it's going to go. Uh, no matter what. Okay, fine. And the whole thing kind of transpires and, you know, Yada yada yada. They they one of the cows is giving birth, and Curly forces Billy Crystal's character to help pull out the calf, and I think he like loses his watch in there, things oh, like that. Geez. And that's how we get Norman. Poor cow. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, long story short, they go and they they drive the herd all the way through and get it there and. I think Billy Crystal's character brings Norman home with him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that's basically the, the most of the movie. Now, while we're on this one, um, because I feel like we probably, I, I was just looking it up. We're probably not going to be able to spend a ton of time on it. Do you remember city slickers Two: the legend yeah. of Curly's gold? <laughs> of course I do. Yes, I do. Absolutely. It's funny. Like, I, I don't know why I'm so fuzzy on these movies. Cause I know for a fact, I seen them. I think maybe it's probably because I saw them years and years ago, like in like the nineties. I don't know that I would have seen these in the theaters, but um, I probably would have seen them like on VHS or, you know, from the rental store, like within the, like the few years afterwards or whatever. I saw this on VHS the first time, but so basically what happens is 
on the uh, cattle drive, Curly dies after he tells Billy Crystal's character what the meaning of life is. And he ends up like inheriting Curly's cowboy hat. And then on Billy Crystal's 40th birthday, he puts the cowboy hat on and it like pokes him in the head. And he takes the hat off and he pulls part of this like material off the hat and finds a treasure map inside of it. Uh. And this time, Billy Crystal, Daniel Stern, and his brother, who's played by, um, what's his name? He's really annoying. Um, uh, drawing a blank all of a sudden on top of my head. Uh, John Lovitz. Uh, yes, John Lovitz <laughs> p- p- plays his, his brother. And th- they go out there, the, four, the three of them, I think because Bruno Kirby may have passed away, and that's why he wasn't in the sequel. Mm. Uh, um, no, he died in 2006. I lied, but he. Well, you killing people again? <laughs> I knew he passed people away. again. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he passed away, but I didn't know he passed away like that much later. I think he passed like away decades later, <laughs> <laughs> like 20 years later. Okay, great. Anyway, uh, so Daniel Stern, John Lovitz, and Billy Crystal go out there. And they meet Curly's brother, twin brother, who's played by Jack Palance, which is really really annoying. And they end up finding out that the search for Curly's gold is actually a a weekend warrior kind of adventure thing, because the same cattle ranch owner from the first movie reveals that, yeah, it's a whole fake thing. They go and they find Curly's gold, but they scratch it off and it's just like painted b- bricks or something like that. They must just made like a bunch of those maps. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny. And then there's a little teaser at the end that like the way the map was drawn, there's a little tear out of the corner of that one. And then they find the tear and they said that that's where the real gold is. And then there's oh. supposed, supposed to be a third one that never happened. So. Well, let's see if they can't reboot that. Now's the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got a little um, trivia for you here. So I'm going okay. to, this is going to be, you know, honest uh, test here, not to look it up. Okay. But I'm curious if you can figure this out. So uh, interesting to point out that City Slickers 2 comes out three years after City Slickers in 1994, mm-hmm. June 1994. Now we're going to get to this if we're still doing this podcast in a few years. Mm-hmm. What would be the top 1994 June movie that would dethrone City Slickers 2? Mm. 94. Alright, uh, I think 94. Big movies, middle school. <laughs> I thought Batman Forever came out in 95. Because it was three. No, maybe it wasn't bad. Was it Batman Forever? Nope. Okay, then okay. I didn't think so. I thought Batman Forever. Was... Okay, Big so year. ninety-four. Uh, Jurassic Park. The ninety-three. Well, Lion King. Oh, Lion the King is Lion nineteen-ninety-four is big number. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jurassic Park is ninety-three. I think. And actually, um, you know what's neat about? Um, yeah, I mean, we're jumping off here because I I could have mentioned this probably back in the uh, beginning of the. Uh, uh, podcast but um not new or new to me but we just showed zoe jurassic park for the first time so that was fun <laughs> oh good how was her sleeping the next night <laughs> she actually did really well with it you know like the funny part was like um my wife and i always go back and forth about like 
oh, this is one that we could show her. This is one we could show her. No, that one you definitely can't show her. And like we were like looking through things and I think somehow that popped up. And my wife's like, oh, she could see that. And I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, are you forgetting some of the stuff in this? And so I was like, all right, we'll play like the first 10 minutes when like the raptor like attacks the guy and pulls him to the cage. And if she's not like clamping her eyes down and everything, we can proceed. And like, actually, she did pretty darn good. I was proud she of her. She didn't freak out when Samuel L. Jackson's arm falls down. <laughs> she did, no, she did pretty well. Um, you know, I'm trying to think if there was anything in particular that she really freaked out about. I think she really took it in stride. You know, I mean, like she just turned eight. She just had her eighth birthday um, in May. Um, and, uh, I gotta give her credit. She kind of like, I think she took it as like, well, they're dinosaurs and like, those are big predators and like, everybody knows dinosaurs would come after people. So like, you know, I think she kind of like took it pretty well, um, in stride. She, I didn't see many like covering her eye moments or anything like that. I remember when I saw Jurassic Park the first time in theaters and I was 11 years old, the part when the dinosaur comes into the car with Newman and puts the thing around his head and like sprays him with the acid. I was doing this and I was 11. (laughs) Yeah. I mean like that's definitely one of those like freak out moments. I think probably I was, I wasn't giving things away, but I was just like, Oh, get ready or things like that. Just so that way she'd know that there's a little bit of, you know, stunning things like that. that were about to come up. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, we'll get to that in 93. I think is, is Jurassic park. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that's probably like the uh, outer limit of what you and I are probably going to recall. So I thought we'd do our um, preview review. Okay, so we're going to open up the trailer now and watch the trailer. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Did you ever reach a point in your life? Nelson Entertainment. That one I don't know if I know. No. God, look how young he is here. Yeah, right? And it ain't that great. Happy birthday. Oh, Jeffrey Tambor, too. He's younger there, too. wasn't the end of the world. It just felt like it. We got movie voice guy. It, it feels very New York. <laughs> he couldn't put his finger on what was missing. God, even Daniel Stern. I mean, like I, we've already seen Daniel Stern in Home Alone, but even he looks really young here. Yeah, and that looks like mustache guy from uh, that Julia Roberts movie. <laughs> it is not. Find your smile. Doing that the next two weeks. Nice. Oh, it's two weeks. I thought it was a weekend. It's two weeks. Wow. <laughs> well, there's the knife scene. Yeah, actually, I think I've uh, remember seeing that clip. To see how leathery he was, it was like a saddlebag with eyes. Hi, Curly. Kill anyone today? Staying over yet? Nice. <laughs> yeah, they got some good lines in this. Yeah. You know, this is a little bit of a um, longer trailer for some of the ones that we've been watching recently, and like, I feel like they've. I mean, again, you and I always talk about if they've given away the whole movie here. I mean, I this is like a pretty good comedy trailer. I think they're yeah. doing a pretty good job of giving some of like the good lines for things. I love him in a polo shirt with the chaps. Yeah. <laughs> 
crystal. Nope. <laughs> oh, so cute. Well, now he's looking like Marv. <laughs> They give it away too much of the movie in the trailer. And we might not actually need to rewatch this. Yeah. Sometimes you have to get your feet wet. This is the whole movie. To sit a yeah. taller in the saddle. I'm 39, I'm saying blue cow in a river. There you go, there's your line. You're gonna go home, cowboys. City slickers. I'm on vacation! You know what's funny now having like rewatched this this trailer is You remember a lot more. Well, I remember more, and the other thing that it just inspired in me is I can remember seeing that as a TV spot. Yes, I can remember like my parents and like I watching TV at night and seeing that that advertisement, particularly like that last little um, like sunset scene where it has the City Slickers logo and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to um, to watching this one again. It's been a long time since long I've seen the movies. Yeah, and I know Ange will be happy to see it. <laughs> and, I, and I'm definitely like I, you know. Pandemic purchased, bought an inf a fourteen foot inflatable projector. So I'm gonna do nice. this as a, a drive-in movie in my backyard one night. I tell play. you what, do you want to do a double feature? Do you want to rewatch both of these movies? <laughs> He's kind of giving me like a face, like no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, we could do the notes on the first one, but I think it would be. I, I might go watch both of them again. It might be fun to cause to just to see this both because I don't think I'm gonna come around to. Rewatching the second one after a, a long time. <laughs> the, 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 the second one is not as good as the first. I will I will be honest. It is not as good as the first. But All right, well, I tell you what, you're doing the notes on uh, on the first one. I might go back and rewatch the second one, and I'll give us a little brief. Okay, Fair. telltale of, of the second one because I don't think the second one makes like the number one seed. No, in, yeah. As a matter of fact, I can tell you, even though we're jumping ahead to '94 here, it's number seven on the yeah. June 1994 list. I didn't think it would be a a, a winner. <laughs> so right. anyway, that was. I mean, it, it, listen, I, it's a good trailer. It gives away a lot of the movie. And, you know, if you want to watch it, we'll post it on our social media and you can, you know, check it out if you like. Um, yeah, it's one of the longer trailers I think we've seen. I, yeah, I could be a little wrong with that. That was a two minute and 52 second long um, trailer. And actually, to be perfectly honest with you, when I pulled this one out, um, there was another one that showed up on YouTube that actually had a three minute and nine second runtime. Oh man, um, that's the whole movie. Right so there. I'm not sure if it's a different trailer or if it's just because whoever was showing that one put like a little thing before or after it or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I aired on the side of the two minute fifty three second. <laughs> there is a particular part in this movie that I left out of the of the recall on purpose because I want to discuss it after you rewatch it because Fair it's enough. such a funny funny thing that we will find very relevant and, and sounds stuff. like a plan all right well if you'd like to chat with us about the show get in touch with us via our social media channels box office three zero on facebook and twitter and box office t-h-i-r-t-y on instagram 
Uh, would you like to do our um, big movie quiz, sir? Would I? I'd love to. I, right, I well, live for these. Seeing as we're doing a uh, comedy movie, I thought maybe we'd break open the uh, comedy box again here this month. Okay. Maybe even find a City Slickers card. Who knows? All right, let me shuffle our deck. Again, this goes out with a thank you to Jason and Mickey at the Retro Network for supplying us with our big movie quiz cards. All right, yes. let's see how you do this month around. Okay. Um, actually, we did that card before, I remember. Okay. Whoop. Okay. In Groundhog Day, which song plays on the radio each day? Oh, uh, it's the Sonny and Cher song. Yes. Oh, uh... I got you, babe. There you go. <laughs> Very good. You actually pulled that out pretty quick. All right. What is the name of Gabrielle Union's cheerleading squad and Bring It On? Are you a big uh, Bring It On fan? <laughs> uh, I know they had green uniforms. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move past this one. For those who are curious, it's the East Compton Clovers. <laughs> see, I knew it was like a like a shamrocky kind of a thing or something. Okay, but I was Alright, let's jump way back. Alright, what is the name of Marilyn Monroe's character in Some Like It Hot? No? I, I, oh god, I love this movie. <laughs> oh man, I don't remember. Uh, I have no idea. Sugar Cane. Yeah, that's a that's a great movie. Oh wow. Alright, uh, let's we'll maybe do this one as our final um bombing this quiz here yeah we're gonna discontinue the second one so i'm gonna i'm gonna say that you've got one out of two so far because we're not gonna okay. count that bring it on one i don't think either you or i knew that one at all <laughs> all right which of the following films was not directed by judd apatow the 40 year old virgin cable guy or train wreck cable guy cable guy <laughs> that's that should be coming up for us in a few years here too yeah we haven't really had any Jim Carrey movies yet, I guess. Um, when does uh, Dumb and Dumber come out in Ace Ventura? They must be 92. I or think something. Dumb and Dumber's 92. I think Ace Ventura's 92. He had like a, 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 a string of them between that and the mask and everything. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, you know, he's probably still... I mean, I don't know when In Living Color wraps. Um, I t 94 is both of those, The Mask and Ace Ventura. Oh, um, wow. I was just curious if he had anything else that we would have noticed at this point in time. Once bitten. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I mean, he's in something. Uh, that's a short movie, TV movie. It yeah, must, not it must really. Be, yeah. yeah, and Dumb and Dumber is 94 also. I mean, he has like a couple like little roles, um, you know, before this. Uh, he's in Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, yeah, that was a good um, movie, too. He's in Peggy Sue Got Married. But not number one hits in the box yeah, office. Yeah, no, it's not like he's the like, main character. It's all like just like random, weird little background characters. Yeah. So, yeah, no, 94 seems to be his true um, breakout year because he has Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, all in that same year. Yeah, so that, that's, that's... That's insane. That's yeah, an insane he had, year. He had a big year that year. <laughs> So yeah, and then Cable Guys ninety six just to fill in that little uh, thing so we don't uh, lose track of where we came off of there. Good, good to know. <laughs> so 
uh, as always, we want to thank Jason and Mickey for supporting us on the Retro Network and hosting our podcast and getting all of our stuff out there. And for all of you for listening to us for a year now, like that is so cool, so crazy. It's really exciting to hear two nerds talk about <laughs> movies from 30 years ago. <laughs> that we struggle to remember. <laughs> yes. This show is either going to be proof positive that we're just... Um, Turning 40 movie fans or that we need to go see a doctor about some uh, memory issues. <laughs> <laughs> need some ginkgo biloba or something. Yes, yes. Yeah, remember when that so, was a thing? Whatever happened to that uh, stuff? <laughs> I, I used to take it for fun to see if it helped. I think it for actually fun. did give me... <laughs> you know what I want to do tonight that's going to be super fun? Take some ginkgo biloba. <laughs> it's at least more fun to say anyway. <laughs> yes, it is. So check out our review of City Slickers on Friday, June 23rd. Um, check out our Tee Public store where you could buy super cool box office 30 logo merch you can buy face masks that's still a yeah thing. get a face mask while we're still wearing them i don't know how much longer that's going to be happening <laughs> yeah absolutely um follow us on our socials uh as pete mentioned earlier also go to our website boxoffice dot 330com and you know thanks for hanging out with us and listening to us Yep. Thank you very much, friends. We will see you next time. And maybe we'll see you actually in the movies. They're <laughs> reopening. I can't wait for Black Widow, first of all. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, I have to say maybe this year. Here's my question for you. Do you think Babaloo takes Ginkgo Obaluba? <laughs> <laughs> I hope he does. I hope he does. Probably too late. Probably too Bye, friends. Bye, everybody. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.